Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. What a great and awesome time we have to be together with our Lord, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have the rain going on. Who knows I was going to talk a little about Jonah, about Jonah tonight. We got some rain. God wanted to bring some uh, special effects in for us tonight also. Okay. Uh, you know, during the retreat this weekend, they were looking to see what things they found in common. And one of the things that they found in common when they, you, they were writing down their questionnaires, the youth writing each other, is some foods that they like or they don't like, you know, be it Brussels sprouts or whatever it is. Some don't like fish. Well, can you imagine being caught up in a fish for three days in if you didn't already like fish, okay? It says a huge fish that we're going to be thinking here in a little bit. But I want us to think about a little bit tonight when we're th- talking about Jonah is to think about us. Now, we know the story. We've heard it a lot of times before in Jonah chapter 1. God tells him to go to Nineveh. And he goes and buys a place that's way on the other side, going as far as away as he can. If you've ever seen the movie on Veggie Tales with Jonah and all those things, it shows him on that map saying, I want to go as far as I can in the other direction. And so he finds that place there in Tarsus also, going a long way. Well, while he's on the boat, we understand a big storm happened. So big, the sailors and everybody on the ship was going, something's going on, let's cry out to our gods. But nothing was happening. Then Jonah, who was asleep, they said, wake up! Time to get up. Look what's happening. And he's saying, well, this is happening because God told me to go somewhere else and I'm going in the other direction. Okay? Well, has there ever been any time in our lives when we understand what God's will is for us and we try to go in the other direction? We try to say, well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do it. It's hard. It's difficult. Maybe God tells me I have to love someone, like we talked about this morning, that maybe doesn't love me. Or maybe I need to go tell someone the gospel who doesn't love Jesus or doesn't, has never heard of him and will do anything they can for me not to talk about this Jesus. But then look what it says here. Jonah was running away. And at that time, because he wasn't doing God's will, I love what it says in Jonah chapter 2. Look what it says in Jonah chapter 2 verse 1. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I want us to think about this. Remember, Jonah said, hey, it's because of me. My God is the Lord of the heavens and the earth, the Lord of the seas, and everything that's in them. Okay, it's not Neptune. It's not Poseidon. It's not Percy Jackson's dad. That's Lord of the seas. It's God, the Father, who is Lord of the seas. God, who is the creator of the Lord of the land and the seas. And all of those things. But isn't it kind of... Different to think, it says the Lord provided a huge fish, okay, to do this. Now, when you think of that, well, whoa, a huge fish is going to come there and eat him. Maybe the Lord will provide something for us in a way that we thought, whoa, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know, man, I didn't see that coming. Lord, I was trying to get away, then boom, something hit me, a car accident. Whoa, okay, I needed a wake-up call, Lord. Something happens. To make us and help us realize that we need to get back on the right path. Now, God said, I'm going to send a huge fish. I'm going to provide you with a huge fish, Jonah. You realize what you were doing. Throw me over that boat. And it says when they threw him over that boat, it was perfect peace. Can you imagine that? Perfect peace on the sea. And then all of a sudden, this great big fish came up and swallowed Jonah. Those men on the boat gave sacrifices to the God of gods and king of kings because of that. Now, some, you know, some, sometimes we say Jonah and the well. I don't know what it is, okay? A huge fist. It was big, okay? But I've never had the opportunity 
to see these big old fish jumping out of the ocean yet. Okay, if the Lord gives me that opportunity, I'm going to look forward to it. I know a lot of people have gone to the West Coast, right? Where those big whales go through and they come through there and people I see on the Antarctica. You know, I watch National Geographic every now and then. That way I feel like I know some things. I feel a bit smarter about history and, and fish and all these kinds of different things. And you see it there, the water's just like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, these big old fish come out of there jump up, wiggle their tails, and go right back in. And it's just amazing to see something that big come up out of the water. I can almost imagine that peace, perfect peace, and then that big old fish coming and just getting Jonah like that, or just sucking them down. I don't know. But imagine what happened at that moment. Now, I want us to think about that because it says God provided Jonah this fish, okay? Man, if we want to run away from God's will, and if we try to run away from it, God's going to say, hey, I want to get your attention because I want you to come back to me. I, I love you, and I want you to come back to me. You know what it says in Acts chapter 17? It says God created men in their times and places so that they may seek him. And by seeking him, they might find him. God put us in our places so that we would continue to look to him, look to seek him, and not run away from him. When times are hard, when it's difficult to do God's will, God doesn't want us to run away. He wants us to run to him. Amen. Just like it says when the prodigal son was far away, the father was there looking for the son, waiting for him to come back each and every day. And then when the son went back, it says the God ran to him, put his arms around his son and said, we've got to rejoice. My son was living, I mean dead, and now he's alive. Wow. What a great and awesome God we have. But what I want us to think about tonight, thinking about this here, is Jonah being somebody who loves God, being a servant of God, realizes, okay, I'm in this moment because of the things I've done. And he understands that the distress that he's under at this time, and he could have decided, I'm going to curse God or I'm going to call out to God. And look what it says here, the first part, in, Lord, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2. He said, in my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. What a great and awesome thought. When Jonah understood three, three days in the well, imagine the seaweed and all the things around him. In my distress, I call to the Lord. If you're in any kind of distress, call to the Lord. Don't look after psychics, horoscopes. Don't look for it. Well, if I do this, God will bless me with this kind of things. Call out and cry out to the God of gods and King of kings who can save us, who loves us. From deep in the realm of the dead, I call for help. And you listened to my cry. Psalm 22, when it says, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you go later on in Psalm 22, verse 6, it says, I'm a worm. Who am I? I'm just a worm. I don't mean anything. But God, you've been my God since the day I was born. Since I was in the womb of my mother, you've been my God. God created each and every one of us that are here. Amen. God created each and every person that's in this world. And we want them to realize that God has had an invested interest in each and every one of them. One, because first, he loves us. He gave his son for us. And he created us. And he wants the creation to come to him. And when we are in our distress, 
Don't forget that the Lord hears us. But he will hear our cries when we're crying, when we're hurt, if we allow him. Now allow God when you're in that moment and you're saying, whoa, I don't know what's going on. Imagine Jonah there at the water, okay? He just got thrown out, thrown out into the sea. Well, okay, not much else is going to happen now. That fish got him. What's going to happen? And remember, think about it. Man, he didn't die. He lived three days in there. Whoa. Okay. And in that time of distress, he called out. He heard his cry. He said, God, no matter how far deep I am in this water, no, how, no matter how much I've done trying to run you, I can still cry out to you and you can hear my cry. Do we believe that? Do we believe that if we have gone from the Lord, that no matter where we are, we can call out to him and he will be there to protect us? He will be there to provide a way of escape. Isn't that what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says? No temptation has seized you that which is common to man. But when you are tempted, look to God and he will provide a way of escape. He will. We need to believe it that he will provide a way of escape. So when it's sin that we're fighting against and warring against in our lives, look to God and say, God, help me to understand. Provide me the way of escape against sin and against not wanting to do your will as well, Lord. Lord God, thank you for hearing my cry. Jonah for sure was hurt, glad that God heard his cry. And not only did Jonah understand that he heard, God hears his cry, but the Lord is going to renew his hope. You can go up to the next one. One more. Okay. The Lord renews hope. Look what it says in Jonah chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. You hurled me into the depths. Jonah knows. You did it, Lord, because of what I've done. Into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your presence. I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The Lord renews and restores hope. Amen. Look what he says. He says here, Lord God, you put me into the depths. And look what he says, and he understands, as he said earlier, you are the God of the seas and of the land. He says, into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled about me, all your waves and all your breakers swept over me. Showing, God, I know that you're in control of this and where I am and what's happened. And I said, I've been banished from your sight. Because I've not done your will, Lord. Yet, in that turmoil, in that hard time, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Man, we need to take people hope, don't we? We need to let people know that, yes, they may be in darkness, walking in darkness, but they can turn from it. And maybe they think that they've been swallowed up by things of this life and swallowed up by sin, that there's no way God will ever want to hear them again. But at that moment, Jonah said, you know what? Yet, Lord, I will look again toward your holy temple. And we're going to see how he looked again to his holy temple here in a little bit. But when we have that moment of distress, first of all, cry out to the Lord who hears us. And second of all, let you know, remember that the Lord will renew your hope. His hope renews. His mercy renews each and every day, just as Jeremiah said. But not only that, the Lord lifts us up. Look what he says in Jonah chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. When he said, talks about this, he says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Okay? Man, I went to... Have you ever been somewhere where there's a lot of seaweed? 
at the beach, okay, anywhere like that. And when you start walking about it, you know, it kind of just feels funny. It just doesn't feel like it should be there for some reason, you know. You see these pictures of beaches, and they're all so beautiful and clear. And then when you go somewhere, maybe it's because of that time of the season or something, and there's all that seaweed. Man, I went into a, the ocean one time, you know, and I was like, what is this stuff all around me? You know, it kind of felt like dirty. And there was seaweed just getting around, wrapped around. You know what? We couldn't even stay in the water. Too much of it. We had to leave that place. Go somewhere else where it didn't have that seaweed. Now, can you imagine being wrapped up in seaweed? Not only being matched up in seaweed, but also being wrapped up and in being inside of the belly of the fish. It's an enchilada, okay, or whatever it is. Something wrapped up twice over, okay? You think, is, is God going to put this fish on the grill and put Jonah in there with it, okay? Got the seaweed wrapped around it. You know, they wrap that stuff around it and all that. Who knows what's going on? But look what's happening to them. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. The earth beneath barred me in forever as he felt at that time. The roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Amen. Give God all the glory, all the praise. When we're in a hard, tough situation, when we're low and when we've been at that lowest point in our life, and whatever it is, and if anything that's happened in ourselves, when we get to that point, let's give praise to God when we lift it up. Amen? You know what we have the danger of doing? Is after time, realizing what God did, and then going back and doing the same things that we shouldn't have done in the first place, right? Let's always give God the praise in anything and everything. Many times people say, well, you know, back then... Jesus lived and people saw him. Their lives were changed, but yet they went back into this world and did things. How could they not believe after that? And I think the same thing for us today, though, right? We read the stories. We see the power of Jesus. We see the authority of Jesus. But yet, sometimes we forget to give him praise. Yet, we forget to do his will. And praise God, he's there to say, hey, I can call your attention and I can bring you back. Not because I want to, I hate you, because I love you. And I want you in the fold. If I need to provide a huge fish and time for you to think about it, I will. But in that time of thinking about it, look to me. Cry out to me. Don't cry out to these so-called gods. Cry out to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Call out to our God and Father who is in heaven. And when we call out to him, may we call out with him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And remember, one thing we need to remember. It's up there already. Okay? Remember. Remember the Lord. Look what he says here in Jonah 2, chapter 2, verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. To your holy temple, my prayer raised. Ever felt that way? Man. My life is going down the tubes. There is absolutely nothing good happening. I can't see anything coming out of where I am right now. I feel as though I'm just ready to die because my life is simply ebbing away. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. Remember the Lord. Remember him. When that, that time comes, don't run from him. 
Don't to think of any other gods, but run to the King of kings and Lord of lords and run to our God and Father through, our son, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because we understand that salvation comes from the Lord. It comes from His goodness, from His mercy, from His love for each and every one of us. Jonah 2 verse 8 says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I will shout with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What have I, I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord, and I will do it. Listen to what he says. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And at that time, all of those other sailors, remember, were casting their idols to other gods, and they realized that those were no gods at all. And the only one true God was the God of Jonah. You know what? When we talk about gods, and I know I talked about it earlier, we talk, think, think a lot of times about Paul, Silas, and others. But in Acts chapter 11, I mean Acts chapter 14, just for a quick thought about this, about worthless gods. Now in Acts chapter 17, Paul's going to go into Athens and he's going to see all of those gods, right? All of those religions. He's going to say, man, y'all are very religious people. Then he's going to say, hey, I want to tell you about this unknown God. He's not served by human hands that nobody needs him. He, he is God. Okay? Whoa. He is the God of heavens and the God of earth. And he will go on to talk about that this God raised his son Jesus from the dead. Many wanted to hear more after that. Many didn't want to hear. But in Acts chapter 17, he is saying there is one true God. And that unknown God is who we want to take to people. Many people know of other gods. It's easy. You look into the movies, like I said earlier, and you look into history. You hear of Zeus. You hear of all these Neptune. You hear of uh, uh, ah, all of those kinds of things that you can hear about, okay? You have all of these things that people talk about and, and seeing all of these things. But in the end, there's only one true God. These are all so-called gods. In fact, one time Barnabas, in his life, and Paul were thought to be gods. Look what it says in Acts chapter 14 for us to talk about this just for a moment. Acts chapter 14 verse 9, it says this, In Lister there was a man who was lame. He had been lame from, the, from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw he had faith and healed him and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and reeds to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Paul and Barnabas could have been taken away with that, right? But no. When they started doing these things, then these priests came offering these sacrifices to them, saying, you are Zeus. You are, as it says here, talking Hermes. Imagine these so-called gods. They thought they were gods. And listen to what Paul says to them. Okay, keep on bringing it. No, look what he says. But when the apostles Barnabas and Saul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human. Like you, we are bringing you good news telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Amen. Turn to Him. 
In the past, he let nations go their way, yet he not left them without their own. Uh, yet he has not left them without testimony, shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons, provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. But then the Jews heard that they were there, went to cause a ruckus, turned the crowd, won the crowd over from Paul and Barnabas. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day he and Barnabas left for Derby. Whoa. But I don't understand about this. Paul said, turn from these worthless gods. Turn from these things that the world's going to say, this is going to make you better. If you want to prosper, give me this, give me that. Turn from the religious world, saying their, their promises and their hopes. You know, there in Brazil, there in the southern part, I know people have seen them worshiping other gods, calling their gods, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, staying up all night just as the prophets of Baal, hitting the tambourine, dancing, calling out, cutting themselves. Just this fact this week in Porto Alegre, Novo Hamburgo, as Mike was here also, two children were bought in Argentina to give a sacrifice for some people. And they said, we, we sacrificed these two kids because our God said, if we do this, we will be blessed. Brothers and sisters, they're all worthless. All these gods. Don't do anything to run away from God. Run to him, amen? People need to know and understand this God that we have. You know what? I, I'm so happy. When I think of, of Chio Luis, as many of you know who have gone to Brazil, people brought sacrifices to him to do his practices at that time in spiritism. Now he doesn't do those things anymore because he understands who the true and living God is. See, Elena from Zona Sul, who was the next in line to be the next head woman of her religious group where she was at also, giving sacrifices. And she said, I'm leaving that because I found the one true God. Brothers and sisters, let's take this one true God to this world that we have. If people are in hard times, let's pray to them. Let's help them not to run to these other so-called gods, but run to the God who made the heavens and the earth. Amen? Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jonah had a wake-up call. Praise God, Jonah understood it was God that provided the fish. Praise God that sometimes when we're in that moment and we didn't understand what was going on, God, thank you for giving me the wake-up call. And with that wake-up call, may I cry out to you, Lord, with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. May I have a renewed hope, Lord, that you can forgive me for the things that I've done. May you lift me up out of the mire, Lord, and when my life is ebbing away, may I remember your promises and remember that you are God. And Lord God, may I remember that only salvation comes from you. It's in no one else. Peter, in Acts chapter 4, salvation is no one else, neither by heaven or earth, only in the name of our Son, only in the name of Jesus, is the authority to have salvation. Amen? Brothers and sisters tonight, just the first part of Jonah, the very first part again, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God and said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. If you're in a place of distress, call out 
and cry out to the Lord. He will answer your prayer and allow him to work on your life. Allow him to do things that you thought were impossible. If you're not in Christ, we want to encourage you to know that God sent his son into this world so that we may live eternally with him. He gave his son. He gave you, perhaps, if you've not acknowledged Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior, if you've not given your life to the Lord, he still has provided with you, provided for you, just as he's provided for those others, provided their needs as they had many times. And tonight, God wants you to have the greatest gift that can ever be given, his son Jesus, eternal life in him. And when you give your life to him, let's not be like Jonah. Let's not run away from God again, but let's run to him and give every day into him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you have any needs, come as we stand and sing this evening.